Episode 30, Sue Joyce, Vice President of Employee Success at Terminus. Welcome to Gut Plus Science. Analytics about people. Insights for executives. Truth you can act on. A high-energy, fast-paced, results-oriented exchange featuring employee engagement evangelist and CEO, your host, Nikki Llewellyn. It's another bright and beautiful day of people strategy best practices on Gut Plus Science. Today, we are talking all about employee onboarding and how important it is to start early, like way earlier than what we typically think. But first, check out a few of these jaw-dropping statistics about onboarding. 69% of employees are more likely to stay with a company after three years if they experienced a great onboarding experience. 20% of employee turnover happens in the first 45 days, typically, and the average cost of replacing an employee is between 16 to 20% of an employee's salary in the United States. It typically takes eight months for a newly hired employee to reach full productivity and best in class companies are 35% more likely to begin onboarding processes before day one. So let's hear from someone who's a rock star about on this and very passionate about the topic. Sue Joyce is vice president of employee success at Terminus, where one of her main responsibilities is designing an onboarding process focused on the employee's experience. Her dedication to boosting employee engagement seems to be working as 72% of Terminus's new hires come through employee referrals. In addition to Terminus's unique and effective onboarding program, Sue believes a key ingredient to the strength of their culture is transparency. By openly sharing your company's struggles and the attempts to overcome them, you are showing vulnerability and honesty. This creates a trust and cohesiveness among employees, which leads to that higher engagement that we're all striving for. We've got a lot to cover today, but first we're going to hear from our fabulous Gut Plus Science sponsor. In our conversations with CEOs and hiring managers, we hear they're frustrated with traditional recruiting. From outrageous fees to focusing on candidates before clients, the process was broken and needed to be fixed. Enter Titus Talent. Titus Talent Strategy serves its clients using passionate people, a proven process, and unparalleled performance. Oh, and did we mention they guarantee the performance of their candidates for 12 months? If you want to learn how they're disrupting the recruitment space, head over to TitusTalent.com. That's T-I-T-U-S-T-A-L-E-N-T.com. Alrighty, we're ready, ready to talk all about employee onboarding and how crucial it is that we reevaluate how we onboard. Aside from the obvious reasons like the talent shortage that we all know of, it's so important to treat our employees as humans and to treat them special from the very beginning, giving them our time and attention to integrate them well into the organization. Today, I have Sue Joyce, VP of Employee Success at Terminus, to share her passion and learnings around employee onboarding. I'm so excited. This has been a topic on many different shows and no one has been on to be that expert yet. So welcome, Sue. Let's dive right in because these shows go so fast. Big picture. How do you define employee onboarding and when does it begin? So I think my viewpoint is that onboarding begins pre-hire, pre-offer, pre-first day, pre-first step in the door. For us, it begins at initial point of contact. That means that initial reach out, whether it's through an email or through a, a phone call. Okay. All right. So I think that's probably different than when a lot of leaders start or HR leaders, leaders, like we think of employee onboarding, like the day that we walk in to our first day of work, you know? So um, when it comes to onboarding, like what, what are most leaders doing wrong? 
So I think it's easy to get in the weeds of onboarding by just being neglectful and not mindful of your employee experience. I think people forget when you've been comfortable and cozy in your job for a while, what it's like to be that new face in the crowd and how much courage it takes to walk in the door. So part of onboarding for me is thinking through that process of what is going to make our employees comfortable, ready to get to work and get productive as quickly as possible. And that begins with your initial interactions to that employee. So if you could summarize, you know, like the main thing, if you could say, hey, I want to help leaders take a mindset shift in the way that they think of employee onboarding, how would you summarize that? Think about how it feels to walk in the door to a place that is all new to you with a company that is largely new to you in terms of product and orientation and understanding where they are in the market or what their business even does. And think about being asked to be productive and a working member of a team from day one. And think about that pressure and what it takes to actually make that transition from the, I have no knowledge, I don't know anyone, I'm not sure really about my role, to a month later when you have found your feet and you're comfortable. Think about all the steps in between that the company has to get right in order to get get you to that place 30 days out. Good stuff. I want to encourage everyone that's listening today to just rethink their onboarding, just reevaluate. How are you doing it? And so if, if we go down that path for a second, not to poke fun at people because we're not pointing anybody out, but Sue, tell us about some of the things that people are doing like really wrong. Like I'm sure you've had some experiences with just awful onboarding, share some of those things so that maybe we could even like think through, oh, wow, we've done that. And we definitely need to eliminate these like maybe toxic onboarding behaviors. Well, I think something that stands out specifically at Terminus is something that happened to me from my very first interview. And that was when I was left alone in a lobby while I was like, you know, reading my resume again and, and, you know, working on how nervous I, you know, the nervousness I projected out. I was kind of like internally like getting ready for this interview. What happened is I had, and I would like to say that over again, so I know it got mumbled, I'm sorry. But what happened is every person at Terminus who walked by me stopped and said hello introduce themselves and tell me what they did there. And they asked what I was doing there. So I was just nervously sitting on a couch looking at my resume and I would have an employee come up and say, Hey, are you being helped? And I said, no, I'm, I'm fine. And they're like, what are you doing here? Oh, I'm interviewing for one of your positions. They're like, great. My name is Jim. I'm in sales. Nice to meet you. Can I get you water? And like the first time it happened, I was like surprised, like, Oh, he must be a really nice guy. And then what actually happened is, as I sat there for 10 minutes, I had five people come over and talk to me. And the last person who talked to me was actually Sangram, who I'm sure probably many of your listeners know, but Sangram was one of the founders of our company. And even the founder of the company took a minute to stop by and ask the candidate if she was doing okay. So when I challenge companies to think about their onboarding, think about What are the messages you're sending to the candidate who is sitting in your lobby hoping to work for your company? Really good. Thanks for the story and the illustration. You talked a couple of minutes ago about employee experience, which has become a pretty hot topic. And, you know, we talk a lot about culture on this show. We talk a lot about engagement, employee engagement. Help us understand what is employee experience and how does that relate to engagement of employees and the ultimate culture that a company is looking to build? Employee experience to me is 
you know, kind of starting the minute that you interact with the company and how thoughtful the company is being around kind of what you're going through and the information you need to start ramping and doing your job. So how that ties into employee engagement, if you don't have the tools to understand kind of the history of the company, what the expectations are, what the culture is, you're probably not going to be successful or set up to do, you know, your optimal best in the workplace. And can you have high employee engagement if you weren't given the right tools to succeed in the first place? If you didn't understand what the culture was and what the expectations are and what the company values, you know, can you really say that your employee engagement is going to be kind of a positive trend? That's good. And I'm just, I'm curious, you know, for some leaders that may be thinking about, you know, as they're listening to this, about their own employee experience that they're creating at their company, what are some of the things that they can be looking at or evaluating, just stopping and spending time reflecting on what to see, you know, how is our employee experience really? So I I think it comes back to information given specifically on the first day and over the first week that sets you up for success in your company. If you're not providing your employees with a roadmap of your organization in all of its forms, what your organizational structure looks like, how are your teams made up, what is the history of the company, how does that come into play, what is the core work, what's the business that the company does, who are our customers and who are our clients, if you don't provide that kind of roadmap for your employees, you're not going to have successful hires, right? You're asking them to come in, sit at a desk, and figure all of these complicated pieces out on their own. So, you know, you can kind of uh, slam org charts, which is also like a very popular thing to do. Like, who needs an org chart? Like, we don't need to outline hierarchy. Well, I think people who say that aren't looking at it from the employee perspective of how confusing it is to come into a company, whether that company is 10 people or 100 people, and be kind of tasked with automatically assuming you understand who does what and even what your functions and what your different divisions are. Does that make sense? Like you have to kind of give people a, a fair deck to play with to start. That's really good. And before I go into talking about and the interview cadence, which is coming next, let's stick on this roadmap thing for a second. So the employee roadmap and making sure that new hire has one of those. What are What's all included in that besides understanding the org chart? What are the key components of that? So our um, initial onboarding is uh, about six hours of the first day of work. That is purely with the employee success team. So you're not out with your hiring manager, you're not out with your peers trying to, you know, get your email set up and get ready. What your real responsibility is that day is is to get acclimated to the company and understand who you're working for and how this company operates. So within a six hour onboarding, which I know is probably making people gasp and say like, we don't have time for that. Actually, that's what you need to be making time for. Because if you don't do this on the front end, you're again going back to that, giving your employee an unfair like deck of cards, right? So our orientation covers everything that you would need to know. It's the history of the organization, who the founders are, who, who are still here that are the founders, what is our funding, what is our growth? How, what is our current headcount? Like that's a popular piece of information that's tremendously helpful that a lot of companies leave out. They have no idea what the headcount is or where employees are located. 
And then there, you know, there is some soft stuff, right? Like we do a scavenger hunt around our office so that we make sure our new hires know where things are and they know who the people are that they're probably interacting with. So at this point, everyone should know who the CEO of Terminus is. So our scavenger hunt will lead our employees to go find his office and wave hello if he's in it. And he knows this happens every Tuesday. That's fun. Yeah, it is fun. But it just gets sillier. Like, you don't think about showing people where the printer is if, you know, you're not the new hire looking for a printer. Like, isn't it easier just to show them so they don't have to feel silly when they don't know where it is? So we just spend a lot of time with our new hires, making sure that they're acclimated to the workplace and they have friendly faces uh, that they know that they can go to and check in with. Great. So as you said, onboarding starts from the interview phase, from the very first conversation. So walk us through a strong interview cadence. What does that look like to you? Like, what are the keys to success in that? So for Terminus, and I say that because many companies do it a variety of different ways, but for us, it always starts with our recruiting team. We have a strong recruiting presence. Um, we're very active in this market. People generally know who Terminus is, but they make kind of judgments about what kind of company we are. When you see best place to work and things like that, they kind of already have an idea in their head. So our kind of initial touch point is with our recruiter to do a phone interview to make sure what they think about Terminus is actually what we're willing to put our name on and to make sure their values and our values are a close match. So, you know, one easy way to tell that is if you say like, what does culture mean to you to a candidate? And a candidate starts talking about all the free snacks and free food and holidays off. That's not what Terminus means by culture. And we probably already have a little bit of a disconnect if you think company culture is built on free food, right? So uh, for us, we do a phone interview with a recruiter to kind of level set. And then the hiring manager, we typically have two on-site interviews. I know there's a hundred different ways to do that, but we find that process really works for us. It allows them time in the office to meet with hiring manager as well as peers. We have a strong peer component of our interview process as well to make sure we're hiring the best possible people. Great. And so let's stick with that recruiting effort space uh, of interviewing. In your opinion, which recruiting efforts yield strongest results in bringing the most highly engaged new employees? Any stand out? So for us, it's going to be referrals. It's the best way to find out about a company is when an employee is excited to work here and willing to evangelize for you. So typically, uh, Terminus's referral numbers are about 72% of our hires come through referrals. Wow. Yes. It's impressive, uh, something we want to maintain. So that is, to me, that's key to having successful um, employee hires and employee engagement. It's when other people can advocate on your behalf. Okay, so I'm liking how you're giving us like actionable insights on like step-by-step. So now I'm going to ask you this. How do you encourage employees to refer those new hires? Like what are the steps that you take when you maybe post a new position or, you know, How do you get them to do that? Can you break that down? Sure. So we have a weekly update that goes out and there's a little HR uh, recruiting portion in there that talks about typically the hottest position that we're looking to fill. Our marketing department makes it very easy for people to post our positions online through social media. Uh, I have to be honest though, it, it really comes from people who want to refer their friends and family to work alongside them here. So Yes, do, do social media and, and postings play a part? Absolutely. 
but usually it comes through like sheer love of wanting good people to work here along with you. What do you think are the key things that stand out about the culture at Terminus? I've heard that it's a pretty awesome culture. Like what makes it unique? How, how would you describe the, the Terminus culture? Uh, so I think transparency really stands out to me as one of the hallmarks of our organization. I think nobody works harder than our executive team to try and make sure all of us Terminators understand where the business is at what we're focused on, and more importantly, how we make changes and adapt to change. We just had a huge push this week about changing our meeting culture at Terminus and something that we weren't doing very effectively. So uh, that's something that had a tremendous push throughout the organization, and that went out via email Slack. We talked about it at our all hands. There are signs in each meeting room. It's being willing to admit that there's something that we don't do well in trying to take steps to change it. And that's something that really stands out to me at Terminus is the transparency, kind of the vulnerability and the, the honesty that our leadership team brings. Awesome. So going back to employee engagement for a minute, because obviously if you're getting that high of new hires from the source of employees bringing them in, you have engaged people. So going back to that topic of employee engagement, how do you define, just from you personally, how do you define an engaged employee at Terminus? And how do you keep a pulse on their engagement levels? Because it's something that can always be shifting. So for me personally, it's about participation. Engagement to me is whether people willingly participate in our company and in our culture. And that's kind of telling a few different ways. Like, is it telling and filling out an employee survey? Absolutely. But there's all these other pieces as well. So if I have employees who voluntarily participate in performance reviews and quarterly goal setting, to me, that's a symbol of engagement. If you have, like, if you're the HR person that is spending your day, like badgering people about completing performance reviews or setting their goals, To me, that's kind of a symbol of a workplace that's probably operating for a little bit of dysfunction and not having the most robust employee engagement. And as silly as it is to me, it's showing up at events. Like, is there a company picnic? Is there a holiday party that your company, you know, spent a great deal of time and money on? I want employees to go to that. To me, that's a symbol of engagement that they're willing to take their you know, Saturday nights or their Friday nights and spend time with their coworkers and introducing their friends and family to the people that they work with. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So let's talk just for a couple minutes about who all gets engaged in the onboarding process from your organization or what you recommend. So over the course of of onboarding and bringing someone in to successfully engage them at Terminus, who all does that touch in the organization? So aside from employee success, which I think is the obvious go-to, it is all the hiring managers and peers, but I I would argue it's a little bit different at Terminus in that our entire company is very engaged to onboarding our new hires. We introduce everyone at our weekly lunch and they can give them a little story about who they are, where they came from, and the work that they've done, Um, and then usually some fun information as well. So that kind of ties everyone together as a company, they know pretty quickly who we hired and then usually kind of one reference point of something fun or interesting, possibly embarrassing about them. So when I had to stand up and talk to people about who Sue was and why I was here, like part of my 
pitch was, hey, I, I don't do sports, I Star Wars. If there are Star Wars people, come find me. And like, sure enough, like that day I had, you know, 10 different Slack messages from employees who were like, I'm with you, Sue. I Star Wars too. I speak your language. So we try and set up every employee for success that way. So when they introduce themselves and they say, um, like, the only thing you need to know about me is that I have like five puppies, then like all the puppy people find that new hire. And they kind of already have this friendship and kinship built in based off of a five minute intro at a company lunch. So I think that's what I mean when I say like onboarding is a full force effort. It's not your operations department. It's not your HR department. It's being the kind of culture that welcomes our new hires and makes sure that they're comfortable and that we have touch points between us all. So Sue, you spoke of weekly lunches and you just said a couple of minutes ago that your pulse, I guess the way that you keep a pulse on employee engagement in one aspect is participation. So can you kind of fill in the gaps a little bit, share, you guys have weekly lunches, that's for the entire company. What do you do with these? So we do have two events that are kind of our weekly cadence. We have a weekly lunch that happens every Friday where we bring in catering so all of us can sit and eat together. And we have a weekly all hands, which is typically led by a member of our uh, executive leadership team, although we have guest speakers almost every week. And that's opportunity for us to sit together as a company and hear about something relevant to the business. Sometimes it's about a product rollout. Sometimes it's about what dev uh, might be building or it could be about a marketing press release that they're going to put out. So it's a way to make sure all employees of the company are on the same page and getting information all together. That's really neat. So I'm just going to encourage for those of you that are trying to figure out new ways to engage your people, find new ways to get them together often. Not like, hey, we have our fall shindig or, you know, we have our holiday party. Like this is legit. You guys are meeting all company wide to build relationships, which are just so key to engagement twice a week, you know, so very cool. Okay. Last question. And then we're going to take a quick break here from our sponsor. And then I'm going to come back and ask a few things just about you, the personal side of you. Um, So last question, if you could shape and encourage, I guess, leaders to build the most successful first day of work for someone, what would the components look like? Or how would you recommend that? I would make sure that your employee success or HR organization has a passionate cheerleader for onboarding, that you have someone who can bring energy and excitement to hiring people every week and being able to understand and sell the company story. You have to fully understand the organization and how it grew to the organization that it is now to really give a good onboarding experience. What I would say mostly is for leaders to challenge their mindset of new hires get shuffled off to their hiring manager as soon as they walk in the door. Awesome. Love that. Sue, thank you. You gave some incredible, actionable insights on employee onboarding, which we've really been craving on the show because it comes up all the time. We just a lot of us struggle with it because I think you helped dispel some myths today about really when onboarding starts and what onboarding is. So just to change our mindset, it was super helpful, let alone all the actionable ways that we can make some changes. So thank you. We're going to take a quick break here from a sponsor message and come right back to learn just a little bit more about the personal side of Sue Joyce um, with what we call the lightning round. So we'll be right back. Custom Concrete has been creating foundations for the finest homes, commercial buildings, and industrial facilities throughout central Indiana since 1969. 
Builders, contractors, and homeowners rely on our expertise because so much depends on getting it right. Our knowledge and control of all aspects of the job, from excavation to waterproofing to backfill, means that extra value is built into every project. Codes don't drive our business. Excellence does. See the difference at customconcrete.com. All right, guys. So welcome back to Gut Plus Science. This is what we call the lightning round, which just gives us a, a little bit of insight into our guests on the show and just learning you know, what's important to them and, and what they do when they're not working. So Sue, if you could pick out your very favorite book or just one that you would recommend to our listeners today, what book would that be? Oh, I just finished Lincoln and the Bardo. Um, and I loved it so much. I had to listen to it on audiobook after I finished reading it. So that is my latest hot read, I suppose. Nice. Lincoln and the Bardo. It's a terrible, like, okay, I'm not selling it very well. It's an amazing story about President Lincoln having to bury uh, his beloved son. Okay. Awesome. Love it. Thank you. That's definitely a new book recommendation. So how about a favorite vacation spot? Uh, I am a, well, I'm from Atlanta, so I am seaside Florida all the way, like the rest of this city. So we typically go there twice a year, and so does the rest of Atlanta. So seaside Florida is where my heart's at. And how about a favorite hobby when you're not working? I just started piano and voice lessons um, about three months ago. So that's my newest and latest passion. How cool. Awesome. So Sue, I know a number of people might want to reach out to you, connect with you after the show to go deeper on some of the things you shared. What's the best way for them to follow up and connect with you? Uh, happy to accept any LinkedIn requests. Did you want me to give out my personal email? Is it dangerous? I'm happy to. I think that's great too. If you're open to it, I think you know a number of our guests do share you know personal emails, LinkedIn. Sure. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to claim a Gmail early adopter, which is why my email is sue.joyce at gmail.com. Rock on. All right. This was such a great show today. Thank you so much, Joyce. Hey, Sue, thanks again for such great examples and techniques that you shared today around employee onboarding. My job is to now summarize the things we talked about into the truth you can act on section where really I'm giving our listeners a cliff notes version of what we talked about so that they can take some new ideas back to their workplace, try something new or assess the way that you're currently doing onboarding. So number one, remember what it's like to be a new face. Put yourself in the shoes of the new hire and imagine what the first day is like. Who is everybody? Who can I go to with questions? Where's everything located? What are the codes for this or that? Your job as a leader is to provide a clear roadmap to make sure the transition is as painless as possible. So think that ahead of time and not just make those new hires try to figure out everything on their own. Number two, start the onboarding process way before the first day. Start with the first interaction. So if you want to hire engaged employees, don't wait until the day that they're walking in. Start conversations during the interview process about, you know, what their ideal culture looks like and, you know, start to assess the ways that they would be a fit in your culture and starting to get that buy-in from the very first connection. Number three, make onboarding a full force effort. Onboarding shouldn't just involve your operations or HR department. It needs to be a culture wide process. Create a culture that is welcoming to new hires and allow them to introduce themselves to everyone. Have them share not only why they're there professionally, but some of their personal interests as well to help them start building relationships. This is another awesome show with great takeaways around employee onboarding. Thanks again, Sue. We'll see you next week on Gut Plus Science.
we just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.